kings, queens, and evil things. This week we hop across the pond and discuss haunted London. From Skeletor to the Tower of London, this is Curse of the Podcast. Hello and welcome to the newest episode of Curse of the Podcast. I am Justin, your host for the episode, and I am joined this week, as always, with that's me. I'm for, I'm you're, point, you're, you're pointing at me. It's Frankie. I'll take it. Technically speaking, I was pointing at Kate. Oh, oh. well, it looks like Frankie from this angle. Uh, I'm Kate, and I'm Kirsty. Free boots. Oh, hey. We're back together on Zoom um, for funsies on this one. Um, and this week we're going to talk about haunted Britain, UK. Ooh. It's posh and proper. Are you from London? You sound you like sound like from London. London. Love that shit. It's uh, true. He did sound like he was from London. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna alienate all of our British listeners and say that all the ghosts there drink tea and eat crumpets, and that's all they do. They it's do. True. I've I've seen our I've seen our analytics. We have some listeners from uh, from the UK. We do. Oh, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say many, but hey, very in advance. It's more than none. Hey, somebody honestly could just be using a, a oh a VPN. A VPN. Yeah. They don't want anybody to know. But we have a lot of here. German listeners too. We do. Hmm. Stocks rocking. That's better. That could also be VPN because maybe German Netflix has all those good movies. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard. Yeah. I feel like you can get um, 1999 seminal classic, The Mummy, with Brendan Fraser in it. Oh. Did you say 1979? I said 1999. I was like, oh, that movie came out longer than I thought it did. <laughs> it's aged terrifically. <laughs> it's like, it's CGI is really, when you, when, you, when, it's from, when you consider it's from 79, it's very good. You know what uh, Brendan oh, Fraser God. movie I just watched? Which one? Monkey Bone. Beda- Bedazzled. I love Bedazzled. Yes. That's such a good, good movie. O'Connor, I have ordered the horses. Betty, you're on the wrong side of the river. That was a pretty. That was a pretty good. Uh, Brendan Fraser in the Mummy. Thanks. It's the the Mummy is my sexuality. Okay, Just now do Rachel Weisz. Oh um, oh shit um, if you excuse me, Mister O'Connell, I'm going to go talk about Egypt and Egyptology. That's more <laughs> Hermione Granger than. That was that was pretty good. It's Nox in the Moon, not Nox in the Moon. A Nox in the Moon, not Nox in the Moon. Yeah. Um. So yeah, when when we're, you're thinking about like haunted uh, Britain, isn't it kind of funny when you think of these ghosts? It's always people with like British accents and yeah. things because that's boo. <laughs> boo. <laughs> well, what do you what what would you consider the um the most well-known British ghost story. Technically, I would only accept one answer is correct. Most well-known British ghost story? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think the most haunted place is probably the Tower of London. I don't. I can't think of any like British ghost stories off the top of my head. Is there a specific one that I'm definitely forgetting? Yes. A Christmas mm. Carol. Uh, oh. Well, that is the well, most well-known British ghost story. I suppose that is 100% true. Uh, Christmas used to have a lot of ghost stories. It's true. 
be tales of ghost stories and tales of the glory of the long ago. No, 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 stop, stop, because it's not even October yet. That's true, but if you got ghosts in it, it's fair game. That's yeah, true. I, so. I say, I say. Well, it's I, October I, in our house. It's always October in, in our houses. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I can get us kicked off on this one. Uh, yeah. So most people think when you're thinking of like creepy UK, they uh, they like to think about Jack the Ripper. Am I wrong in saying that? That was kind of probably on everybody's radar when they first got this. I mean, yeah, yeah Jack the Ripper is crazy. Yes, but did you know that there was somebody before Jack the Ripper that was, uh, yeah, no. Well, he wasn't quite a murderer, per se, but that's not saying he didn't have it in him. This was an individual by the name of Spring-Heeled Jack. Have you guys heard of Spring-Heeled Jack? No, I have not. You have not? Yes, I have. You have. have Well, Spring-Heeled Jack, he uh, was terrorizing the citizens of London back in 1837, well before Jack the Ripper. His first ever recorded sighting was by a servant named Mary Stevens, who was walking to Lavender Hill when a figure leapt out at her, grabbed at her, and scratched her with claws. Her screams alerted a passerby who attempted to locate the assailant, but they were not able to locate him. So she described him as a extraordinarily thin man with red eyes and claws for hands. Ew. Right. So not long after the first sighting, several other young women reported similar sightings throughout London. According to early reports, the assailant was described as a shape... This is hard for me to pronounce right now. The assailant was described as a shape-shifting figure, ghostly in appearance with gloves in the shape of claws. Sounds like Freddy Krueger. Yeah. To me. Rumors began Welcome to... Welcome to my world, bitch. Now, now do it with a British accent. Welcome to my world, bitch. That sounds like I can picture a British guy actually <laughs> saying that. It, it felt more like Juggernaut from uh, X-Men, the last stand. Don't you know who I am? Uh, I'm the Juggernaut, Juggernaut bitch. That's, that was Vinny, Vinny Jones. Jones. Ah, I got it. Bullet Tooth Tony. Uh, yeah, so rumors began to swirl around this mysterious attacker for a year while the press named him Spring-Heeled Jack. The reason they called him that, allegedly, was that he jumped stupid high like he had oh, springs no. in his heels. He got hops. He did. Ha- he had his PF flyers, run faster, jump higher. Fun fact, it's actually a time traveler um, mm. that is wearing moon shoes. I love moon shoes. Um... Yeah, love moon shoes. So... Most people saw Spring-Heeled Jack as nothing more than exaggerated gossip or a ghost story. Like they saw, they were like, oh, you know, don't go outside. You know, Spring-Heeled Jack's going to show up, cut you, and then jump away. But on February 1838, a young woman named Jane Alsop claimed that a gentleman wearing a cloak rang her doorbell late in the evening. As she opened the door, he took off his cloak to reveal a tight-fitting outfit that resembled white oil skin. Then he breathed blue and white flames directly into her fucking face and began to cut at her clothes with his claws. This guy sounds like an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, just a little. Luckily, Jane's sister arrived and was able to scare off the attacker who fled the scene. 
So let's let's take this back a second. So this let's one's in her. This. Let's unpack it. She's in her house. Here's the doorbell. She's like, "Oh, who could this be at this late hour? Oh, who could this be at this late hour?" Exactly how she said. That was close. That was, that was close. That, no, that was real. Oh, like, who could this be at this late hour? Getting a little. <laughs> she, sounded a little matronly at the end. These were all young women. I should have specified. Oh, who might this be at this late hour? That was pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, but I, I really don't think you have the capacity to do a female British person's voice without sounding like Mrs. Potts. Yeah. <laughs> I took offense to that. <laughs> you're you're going to mute your mic and just be sitting there practicing? Can I, I give it a go? Shut up! Shut up! Yes, go. <laughs> oh, who could this be at this late hour? That was a little Australian. Huh? A little Australian. Hour. Oi, cut! Uh, Who's <laughs> this cheeky cot knocking at my door? Guys, you're gonna piss off Cody and Jordan, although Cody's from New, Ze- Cody's from New Zealand. So. It's true, so we're okay. Yeah. So he shows up, knocks on the door, she answers it, and he whips open his cloak to show that he's wearing a white oilskin suit. What does that mean? Oilskin is, uh, it's like waterproof skins. Oh. Like, like leather. Cool. Um, and all of a sudden adds a new attack to his repertoire which is blowing (laughs) fucking blue fire into people's faces um he leveled up prior to this encounter he did fuck would you even he leveled up his breath his breath attack he's dragonborn he's dragonborn but here's the thing so a man named thomas milbank was arrested and tried for the attack but due to jane insisting that the attacker could breathe fire he was released and uh, let go. So she was like, this couldn't be the guy. The dude could breathe fire. And I bet oh they were God. like, uh, Mr. Thomas Milbank, can you breathe fire for us? And he was like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> and they were like, we got to let him go. You All can't right. breathe fire. Not him. So a few days later, a similar account was reported by an 18-year-old woman by the name of Lucy Scales. She was out with her sister in Limehouse when a figure leapt at her from an alleyway, blew flames in her face, which left her in a frightened and confused state. The attacker yeah. left the scene, but again, was never found. So sightings were reported all over England, even in parts of Scotland. His victims were all young women and described him as a mysterious man, thin and tight-fitting clothes, red eyes, and claws for hands. So as this was progressing, the rumor mill began to turn, and plays, novels, and penny dreadfuls, which are like short stories, that were uh, released in pamphlets for a penny um, and were often shared around the community in the, uh, the poor locations. Mm -hmm. Um, He saw fame in all of those things. And he was cemented in uh, urban legend history for London. The last time he was seen or reported was in 1904 in Liverpool. So as his sightings continue to come out up until that last sighting, they, uh, what he did and the things that happened were kind of brought to outlandish lengths. Some were saying he could leap over four uh, story tall buildings. He uh, could fly, things like that. So there's some theories as to who uh, he was. Do you guys have any theories? Do you think this was just a dude who liked fucking with people? Or could it have been something more... You think he was an X-Men? Yeah. 
Um, well, there's a couple theories that spring to mind. It had something to do with the Doctor and Doctor Who, and um, it was just but an alien way around. Oh, it would definitely be during Capaldi's tenure. He spent the most time in um, Victorian London. In London. Um, but if anything, I would say it was probably a dude that was, um, I guess in those days would be considered like an alchemist, but used chemistry mm-hmm. um, and maybe figured out a hallucinogen. That's what it kind of sounds like. He's got these long claws, almost like Scarecrow in the Batman. Yeah. Very possibly. A lot of people thought that it was just mass hysteria, that people were just saying that they saw him because somebody else said they saw them. Or, you know, people just looking for their time, their, you know, five minutes of fame. Um, Some people believed that there may have been a couple of people who were doing it, then followed by... Uh, imitators. Some people said that it was a guy with a uh, just a macabre sense of humor, you know, attacking women and blowing fire yeah. in their face. So funny. Uh-huh. Gonna get a so laugh. Funny. Uh, hard, hard, hard. They ended up finding, so people thought it was just a group of people with a, with a sense of humor. It matches the content of a letter to the Lord Mayor, which accused a group of young aristocrats as culprits after a bet. A popular rumor circulating as early as 1840 pointed to an Irish nobleman, the Marquis of Waterford, as the main suspect. It suggested that it may have been uh, due to him having previously had bad experiences with women and police officers. So this this incel is upset that, you know, he's been scorned so many times, just decided to take uh, matters into his own hands. Um, And the reason why this was also sort of corroborated by his uh, some of his situations. He was frequently in the news in the 1830s for drunken brawling, brutal jokes, and vandalism, and was said to do anything for a bet. His irregular behavior and his contempt for women earned him the title the Mad Marquis, and it is also known that he was in the London area around the time the first instance took place. So in 1880, he was named as the perpetrator by E. Do you want to hear a fucking British name? E. Cobham Brewer, who was wow. said that the Marquis used to amuse himself by springing on travelers unawares to frighten them. And from time to time, others followed his silly example. Silly. Right. In 1842, the Marquis married and settled down in Curramore House, County Waterford, and reportedly led an uh, exemplary life until he died in a riding accident in 1859. He was just using his quill too hard. Yes. Some people actually think that it was an extraterrestrial entity that uh, more likely than not that it was an alien since it had the red eyes and maybe phosphorus breath. That's how it was able to blow the uh, the fire that something in our atmosphere mixed with it and made the um, the flames. And other people said that he was just a fucking demon who was summoned into the world by practitioners of the occult. So he is uh, put with uh, some other individuals known. You, you may have heard of the Mad Gasser of Mattoon. Yes. Um, who was another similar person who uh, was actually in Illinois during the 1940. Um, other people ha- are saying it's the old hag phenomenon like people saying when they have sleep paralysis and things like that. Just something that they saw if they were drunk or whatever. But regardless of what he is, he has been immortalized in television shows, books, video games, 
he'll be around forever. Huh. Well, you want to know something really interesting? I looked. I I started fact checking, um, but the uh, common used butane mm-hmm. for um, lighters and things was invented in 1849. So it really could have just been a dude playing tricks and happened to know that you put butane in your mouth and if you maybe he i don't know maybe food coloring was he had a match or something yeah well here's the thing lighters were invented before matches well there you go yeah that's that's a little that's a little you know now you know the more you know i mean it makes sense if you were using if you knew that butane created the fire and then you were like oh yeah and we just need to strike a flint and there you go exactly who knows well, let's see when matches were invented, because now I'm interested. <laughs> Who's next? I can go. Oh, oh both oh. go at the same time. Rock, paper, scissors. One, two, three. <laughs> Wait, matches, are you going to go? Oh, matches were first created in 1826. Oh, were they? But when was the first lighter? Um, give me a second. Play rock, paper, scissors while I look. Wait, are you guys going to go on three or one, two, three, shoot? One, two, three. On three. three. On three. On three. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Okay, One, two, three. This is great podcasting. Kate wins. <laughs> Kate wins with a. Okay, also, by the way, uh, lighters were invented in 1823, so Frankie Woo! was correct. <laughs> Frankie did his research. He's not just spitting bullshit. I, 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 had, I have never shown up to this show half cocked. <laughs> only full cocked only full cocked I, I go I go full ass on everything I do <laughs> alright all right, so Kate, Kate gets to go next alright ready <laughs> yes so my first story is about the Ten Bells pub which is located in London um, it is actually a very important and famous landmark of the uh, Jack Ripper map so when you go mm. on different tours and or, or that you're just looking by yourself this is one of the places that you should check out um it's located on commercial street at the interchange with uh fournier Forner street um and it has been there since at least the 1740s holy shit that's old. yeah it's an old ass pub yep that's actually uh-huh. kind of fun to think about is um how old buildings are in other parts of the world. Right. You know, we're all American yeah. where the oldest thing we're going to find is like maybe, maybe 400 years old. Yeah. yeah. But you've got like graveyards that have graves that say like 1200. You're like, yeah. oh, fuck. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it said that uh, several Jack's victims frequented the pub before they were killed. Um, so in the spring of 1888, a woman named Elizabeth Stride was thrown out of the pub for drunk and disorderly behavior. Um, and then there was another one. Mary Kelly was seen in the pub with a friend on the night before her death. And then uh, allegedly Annie Chapman was said to be drinking alone in the t- Ten Bells only hours before her body was later discovered. That's three, three ladies already. In, like, the same time period? Yeah. Like, right in the same... Oh, wow. Yeah, it was in the in in, the, in spring of 1888. Oh, my God. Also. That's a lot. Yeah, um, so uh, Jack the Ripper definitely drank there. Yeah. yeah. Or at least sure. hunted. Yeah, so they're saying, like, with such a strong connection with Jack the Ripper, 
Um, it's not hard to see why the pub is such a, you know, pull for Jack the Ripper fans. Um, but this isn't all. As over the years, staff and visitors alike have reported sightings of a range of ghostly apparitions in the pub. Um, so now it's haunted. So in the late Ooh. 1990s, staff with rooms on the pub's upper floors frequently reported regular encounters with the ghost of, of a Victorian man. The staff would wake in the night feeling uneasy, uh, and then they would turn over, pardon my page turning, and they would see uh, a ghostly form lying right next to them. And as soon as they would like call out or make any noise, it would disappear. Um, and the descriptions are always similar, but nobody can, can pinpoint who the man is. Um, in 2000, a new landlord took over, and while cleaning out the cellar, he found an old box hidden in a corner. The box contained items belonging to a certain George Roberts, including a wallet containing a 1900s press cutting talking, uh, talking about Roberts' murder. After further research, he found that Roberts had been the landlord of the pub around this time. So it possibly could be him. Hmm. Um, also, when you know people became aware of all the ghosts, ghostly activity that were going on, they called in a psychic to come in and see what was going on. All was fine until she got to the top floor of the pub where she refused to enter the room. She declared that something terrible had taken place in the room involving a death of a 19th century baby. Yeah. Several years later, a researcher was touring the pub. While up on, in the roof space, she noticed some material uh, behind the water tank. Upon further investigation, their stand turned out to be a sack containing a set of moldy baby clothes dating back to the Victorian era. My God, yeah. that's crazy. Even more chilling, the clothes looked to have been cut with a knife. And uh, the tank was located directly above the room the psychic had pointed out. Hey. And then, and then, in 2001, a tenant would often hear footsteps and laughter in the hallway outside his room, even while he was alone in the pub. Upon investigation, uh, the corridor would always be empty. When heading down to the bar, he would sometimes be pushed by an invisible hand. No, I'm good. Yeah. So that's just some some information on the Ten Bells. I don't think I would ever. Much, man. Yep. Craziness. Okay, I guess I'll go. These Victorian people were out of control. I know. It's crazy, though, like Justin was saying, how, like, the U.S., or, like, I don't know, California, I guess, since I really have only been here. But I feel like we just tear stuff down and create new. Like, we don't have, like, super old buildings like that. Yeah. I kind of wish we'd. It makes me kind of sad. Okay. Um, so I chose the Tower of London when I was doing my research, and I thought this was really interesting. And I'll give you a little bit of background on it. So the Tower of London was built in the 1070s by William the Conqueror because he was scared of a rebellion after he'd had a victory. Um, he built it to defend and also to proclaim his royalty. So it was like a bragging right, but also as like to protect himself from, he thought that people were going to be upset about it. And then it took, this is crazy, it took 20 years to build it, which is an insane amount of time back then, I feel like. Uh, no building like this had ever been built in London before. And William thought it would be a menacing tower, but it would also make the defeated Londoners happy at having this grand building. 
it was built by masons from Normandy with stone that they brought in from France. And the tower has been adapted and expanded many times to defend and control London. Uh, Henry III and Edward I expanded the fortress, adding huge curtain walls with a series of smaller towers and enlarging the moat. They also transformed the tower into Eng England's largest and strongest concentric castle, which means it has one ring of defenses inside of another, just to really like build it up. Uh, over time, many kings and queens used to use the tower to protect themselves and also their possessions. And up until the 1800s, armor was made, tested, and stored in the tower. It also served as the only control over the nation's money. All of the coins at the time were minted at the Tower Mint uh, from the reign of Edward I until 1810. So all of London's money came from the tower during that time. Um, kings and queens also locked away their items and jewels at the tower, and up until even today, the crown jewels are protected by soldiers in the tower. Um, the tower is also infamous for its torturous and bloody history, and I have to quote some of this, like, if I paraphrase it, it doesn't do it the full justice. So, um, during the War of the Roses, Henry VI was murdered here in 1471, and later on the children of his enemy, Edward IV, vanished within the tower in 1483. And I put in parentheses, sounds like they were murdered to me, because, I mean, come on. Uh, and then in 1674, Two skeletons were found in the tower. The bones were re-examined again in 1933 and were found to be boys by the ages of 12 and 10, which would have been the same ages as the two princes when they disappeared. Oh, I love that. Sorry, I'm jumping in because that's actually written into Richard III, um, the Shakespeare play, Among mm -hmm. the Histories. Um, yeah, I thought that was cool that it was like tested so much later after they had found it and they found it out. Like that's like a cool little like, well, it's not cool because two kids died. It's interesting. Mean, it's interesting. Yeah, but you yeah, know, no, murder mystery part of it. Richard wanted to be king, um, and he was basically like Scar in that sense. He he, everybody knew Richard as the, the king with the hump and the withered limb, um, and he was very, um, what's the word? Almost Napoleon complex about it. But before it was yeah. the Napoleon complex. He had a chip on his mm -hmm. shoulder. Yeah, and so he was yeah. he was a lot like Scar in the sense of like, oh, I'm in charge because your father died, but you're going to be the king. And so one day he sent the boys to the tower um, and had them executed. At least that's what the um, theory is. Yeah. Um, um, so the for over 800 years, people came and went to the tower for various reasons. And this is a quote, uh, during the Tudor age, the tower became the most important state prison in the country. Anyone thought to be a threat to national security came here. The future Elizabeth I, Lady Jane Grey, Sir Walter Raleigh, and Guy Fawkes were all sent to the tower. Even in the 20th century, German spies were brought here and shot. Which, geez. Uh, inside... Yes, I'm getting there. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Um, inside the tower is the Chapel Royale of St. Peter ad Vincula. If I said that right, if I didn't, I'm sorry. Um, this chapel was the various place of some of the most well-known prisoners that they kept at the tower. This includes three queens of England, Anne Boleyn, Catherine Howard, and Jane Grey, all of whom were executed within the tower in the 16th century. Henry VIII accused his wives of adultery and treason and executed them at the tower. Which, geez, like, come on. That's also, I love how it's plural, his wives. Oh, have you guys heard about six? So fucking good. 
it's a hour long musical of the six wives of Henry VIII. Oh my God. And it literally six opens with divorced, Henry beheaded. Is that the one you're talking about? Nailed it. I, <laughs> I, I just know the opening songs like divorced, beheaded, survived, divorced, beheaded. Sorry. Divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived. It's on, the, it's, it's on TikTok all the time. He's like, yeah, that didn't work out. No, that's not it. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, so the headless bodies of many queens were buried underneath the chapel, and they gave them no ceremony or memorial after they were executed. It was just like, you're gone, you're done, and we're just going to throw your body underneath the chapel and call it a day. Uh, the tourist or the tower has been a tourist attraction since the 18th century, and this is a quote: uh, "Stories of ghosts haunt the tower." Anne Boleyn, which was Henry VIII, he modernized the rooms inside in preparation for the coronation of his bride Anne Boleyn in 1533. Uh, she and the king feasted here in splendor the night before, and uh, processed in triumph through the city of London to Westminster Abbey. Three years later, Anne was back at the tower. This time, accused of treason. She was held in the same luxurious lodgings before being executed by sword on Tower Green. Uh, she said to stalk the site of her execution tower, or so, sorry, stalk the site of her execution on Tower Green. Arbella Stewart, the cousin of Elizabeth I, who starved while under arrest for marrying without royal permission, is said to frequent the Queen's house still. Two smaller ghosts are thought to be the princes in the tower and the yeoman warriors even tell a chilling tale of a huge bear who occasionally appears to frighten visitors to death. And then this is the most interesting one to me. They have this legend of the Tower Ravens. Um, it's one of the most famous legends of the Tower. The myth is that uh, there are ravens and that if they ever leave the Tower, both the Tower and the Kingdom will fall. So even today, there are seven ravens that live there and are cared for uh, by a person known as the Raven Master. Ooh, Ooh, that'd be a cool job. Right? I'm the Raven Master. What? And that's it. That's the Tower of London. That's interesting. So I can't can't believe this wasn't asked in the beginning. I know Kate's been, but Justin, Kirsty, have you guys ever been to the UK? No. Uh Um, The closest I've gotten to the UK is through Ghost Adventures and uh, (laughs) Most Haunted. Oh, there you go. There you go. So Kate's over there, Mr. Worldwide. Sixteens on my passport. She's so cultured. Imagine being rich enough to afford a passport. No. (laughs) (laughs) Or a California ID. Yeah. A real California ID. Yeah. All right. So it's my turn to talk now, huh? Yeah. I'm gonna go to another um, royal place. In fact, this is a royal palace. It's known as Hampton Court. Um, I do believe this was the palace for Henry VIII. Oh. Um, so Hampton Court has a long history in London and quite a few notable ghosts. Um, this is one of my favorite ghosts, and it's one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. There's actually footage. Um, back in 2003, a CCTV caught footage of one of the ghosts' um, staff at the palace had for three days had different videos um, of these two emergency exit doors like slamming open with no person there to open the doors. And on the third time and this video got released and it's scary. Like I'll post it to the page. Um, 
um, the ghost or the apparition that they now call Skeletor oh, um, no. Don't like that. was <laughs> was filmed like at the doors, and it's like creepy. It looks like it's like a person in a mask, but it's a little see through. The, the legend of Skeletor. If you're quiet on cold <laughs> nights, you can hear him. Um, so it literally they they see this skull-faced ghost um, running through the halls almost like um, the red death mask from Phantom of the Opera Mm -hmm. Um, some of the the other great uh, ghosts that we see are uh, the Grey Lady, Sybil Penn Um, her first reported sighting started in 1829 um, and she'd been seen wandering near the tomb of Silpen, who was the nurse of Prince Edward. Um, her tomb was desecrated and her remains were scattered, which is why she was being seen wandering around. Um, and then the other two are uh, Henry the Henry VIII's fifth wife, Catherine Howard, walking around without her head. Um, oh no! Yep. As well, oh, sorry, she's carrying her head. She's not, but she doesn't have her head on. As well as Henry the Eighth, uh, sorry, not Henry the Eighth. No, I was right. Henry the Eighth's third wife, Jane Seymour, who was the one that died in childbirth, giving birth to his only son. Um, so Hampton Court is a little crazy, and I was correct in I was correct in my assumption that Hampton Court was the home for Henry the Eighth. So it's him almost and like all of his wives. Like I, when you said that Catherine Howard's carrying her head. I just think of it like when you're leaving and you're like, oh, should I put on my mask? She's got to run back and grab her head real quick. Oh, can't forget that. Can't forget yeah. It. So Hampton Court is wild. I, I like thinking about London a lot. And actually, I'm jumping back to something Frankie said earlier before I move on. Um, does everybody here have a favorite Penny Dreadful? No. Um, I mean, I you, but you wouldn't think you <laughs> would know what... The show. the show is good, but you would know a lot of those characters are the Penny Dreadful. So you've got, like, Frankenstein... No, sorry, Frankenstein was not. Um, Jekyll and Hyde was a Penny Dreadful. Um, Dorian Gray, Sweeney Todd. Mine's Sweeney Todd. I like Dorian Gray. From what little I know about it. Yeah. Well, I like Jekyll and Mr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Well, that's... Um, um, Sweeney Todd showed up first. Yeah, in uh, a petty drug bill. Um, I don't know. I, I I've always liked the the idea of it, and it definitely brought forth a lot of very interesting. I mean, because at the time, horror and science fiction and suspense wasn't really seen as a uh, a cool thing for the rich and popular to be a yeah. part of. So it was really aimed at the lowest demographic as it was seen. Um, but without that, we wouldn't have a lot of today's mainstays of horror and seen as like the you know grandfathers of horror and suspense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah. Sure. Has anybody else got anything else to talk about? I've okay. got one more story. Ooh. Blast it. Okay. Let's get blasted. <laughs> Fucking blast it, Kate. So, um, this is about the Epping Forest. Um, The forest's size, density, and proximity to London have made it a popular criminal hideout for centuries. um, It's got dark woods, 
and it's probably the site of many uh, hidden graves. Ooh, yeah, spooky. So stories, uh, stories and reports of ghostly sightings in the forest are a source of ongoing fascination with a lot of people, uh, with many groups and organizations showing an active interest in all the spookiness in the stories. Um, in December 2003, an episode of, of uh, the paranormal investigation show Most Haunted was broadcast live from the forces. A crew apparently pursued the spirit of the infamous Highwayman Dick Turpin. Wow, what a name. Yeah. Um, although uh, he was- well, Dick Turpin, that, to bring that back, he was one of the most famous Penny Dreadful uh, stories. He was written about, he had like a 2,000, by the end of it, like it was released serially, but by the end of his thing, it was like over 2,000 pages been written about this guy's exploits. Yeah. I don't uh, even know who that is. Well, you're going to find out. Oh, shit, okay. Um, although he was born in Hempstead, Hempstead around 1705, Turpin is known to have opened a butcher shop in uh, Buckhurst Hill. In his later life, he was notorious for using the forest as a base for his criminal activities. Turn page. So sorry. Um, <laughs> he murdered at least one man in the forest, for which he was tried and hanged in York in 1739. In the live broadcast of Most Haunted, Turpin's spirit apparently presented itself to Yvette Fielding and led the crew off the path and into the depths of the forest, forcing them to call a forest keeper to come and rescue them. Oh, shit. They had originally been filming in uh, Lofton Camp, an area of the forest that Turpin used as a hideout and is notorious for paranormal activity. The site, which is just outside of Lofton, is thought to have been used as an army base by the tribal queen uh, Budica, Budica. And uh, this, uh, this has led a number of people to think that the spirits and memories of dead soldiers have been left in the area. Alan Smith, a member of the Paranormal Investigation Group, Para Hauntings UK, said that there is a possibility that certain emotions can linger. He said, the stone tape theory suggests that emotions and energy imprints itself on surroundings in a magnetic way, much like cassette tapes. The camp would be an area of very high emotion. Being a wartime camp, there would be the emotions of going to war and being worried about not coming back. He added, you never know what you can find when you go down there. A number of accounts have reported muffled sounds of drums and marching um, emanating from the forest, and some people believe that it is caused by the spirits of soldiers. Several reports have been made over the years of spirits apparently taking material form. In the 1960s, there were sightings of ghostly figures emerging from a pond near Lindsay Street in Epping. The figures were said to emerge from the pond on horseback before riding towards town and disappearing. Another pond at an unknown location deep in the woods is said to draw people to commit suicide in its murky waters. After two young lovers died in a trotic murder-suicide at the pond 300 years ago. Restless spirits have also been uh, blamed for upping forests. Most well-known and bizarre supernatural phenomena that uh, persists to this day. Cars appearing to roll uphill at Hangman's Hill. Ooh. If left in neutral, the cars left at the bottom of Hangman's Hill in High Beach uh, appear to defy gravity and roll uphill. And local legend has it that uh, this is the spirit of the hangman uh, dragging an unfortunate criminal to his execution. Uphill. 
one more, uh, a more uh, scientific explanation, you know, that we have something near us that does the same thing, like mm -hmm. with cars, mm -hmm. I, I think. Yeah. Um, ba basically, it's just an optical illusion. Mm -hmm. um, but despite the mystery of Hangman Hills being solved, you know, it, by science, uh, many people have been left unable to explain their own experiences in the forest and the supernatural legacy of criminal activity and the hidden violence that is left in the forests. Who's books? Mm. All done. That's, well, that's wild. Creepy. That's just crazy. It's crazy. Uh, what do you now, guys think? I think long and taunted his butt. It is old. It stands. Is it stands old. to reason that it probably is. Yeah. We we even not gotten into like certain other things. There's so much you could talk about in just the UK in general between London and Ireland and Scotland. But like Chillingham Castle. I went to the, a haunted uh, place in Ireland. Oh, you did? Which one? Yeah, um, it was a prison, and I, I, we went on a tour of it, and I, I'm sorry I didn't, like, I can't remember the name of it, um, but it was, it was really, it was really cool. It was huge, um, and there was this one area that, uh, was it in Wicklow? I'd have to ask Kevin's dad. I don't remember. I just kind of, went along for the ride <laughs> I, i'm not gonna lie i was pretty fucked up the entire time i was fuck, i was fucking zooted going through these castles but apparently like uh u2 has been to that prison and record recorded a whole album because the acoustics in there are mint they're fucking, they're fucking noise mint. <laughs> well like between that there's the hellfire caves which is a whole nother like fire club the Hellfire Club, which is, <laughs> yeah, that's their place that they kind of hung out. Ben Franklin was a part of that club, which was weird to think about. A lot of people were. We could have a whole episode on the Hellfire Club. Um, what else? Oh, the, the old Ram's Head Inn, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. now, I don't believe it is open to the public anymore because the guy that used to own it passed away. I figured out which, which place it was. Kill, kill Mainham. Gowl. Goal? Something like that? Yeah, let's see what that did. Um, uh, yeah, that. Go. About. Oh, but also, if you do end up going to London or Scotland, you can actually currently get a ghost tour date for Chillingham Castle, which was one of the biggest, has one of the biggest torture chambers ever made by man. So this, uh, the place that, it, it's in Dublin. Um, and it says it's a, it's a museum, but it's also like the actual prison. Uh, and it's where many of Ireland's political prisoners were incarcerated, tortured, and executed. Wow. Jeez. But <sighs> the amenities, it says it's good for kids. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> I bet it is. <sighs> All right. Well, I mean, wow. I think that was wow. pretty successful. It's going to be a shorter episode today. There's... Lots of things going on in the world. The California is on fire right now, and yep. it makes my Shit. voice hurt after like ten minutes of talking. Oh yeah, and I've been talking for ten times ten minutes. So that's so many minutes. How <laughs> so many minutes? Well, cool. Well, why don't you bring us home then, Justin? That's the uh, problem yeah. with it being your episode. You got to do the intro and the outro. It's it happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. For those of you that would like to join us on our socials, we have a Facebook where you can just search Curse the Podcast. 
We have a Twitter, which is under Cursed Podcast. Our Instagram, which is also Cursed Podcast. And or actually, let me double check that. That might be Cursed of the Podcast. Oh, there's the dogs. They're yelling as soon as I need to do my final. Yay! Uh, Curse of the Podcast on Instagram, Cursed Podcast on Twitter, and our Gmail to send in your listener stories if you would like is cursedpodcast at gmail.com. We're going to be out for a minute. It's almost October. Let's ring it in. Halloween's not canceled because Halloween is a lifestyle and not just a single day. Exactly. Amen. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, I had fun, and I will talk to y'all a little <laughs> later. I don't care if anybody else had fun, but I did. I had a great time. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, right. until Bye. next time. Bye. 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 Bye.